You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you'd like to support this show, you can do so by going to www.attaboyclarence.com and clicking on the Patreon banner. Pledges start from as little as $1 a month, and in return, you'll receive exclusive emails, bonus episodes, previews, and ebooks. And every dollar pledged goes towards making these shows better and more frequent. Go to www.attaboyclarence.com or click the link in the show notes now to become a patron. Thank you. Hello, and how the devil are you? I do hope you're all keeping safe and well. As you can hear, I have a voice again. I've stopped involuntarily falling over, which is slightly sad. It means I've had to quit my job as a comedy waiter. It's all go here, though. Just quickly, if you're a patron this show, I had an exciting idea the other day. Seeing as how we're all stuck in, thought it might be a fun idea to have a classic movie pub quiz. Yes, details coming very soon over at Patreon, so keep your eyes out there. There are so many movie specialists over there. I thought I'd try and get some of you involved with questions and things too. We'll hold the whole thing on Zoom. Time and date to be announced. All you need to do is be signed up at patreon.com slash attaboysecret or follow the link in the show notes. Back to today, though. Maybe it's the sense of optimism on the air. Maybe it's the new year and all the hope it brings. Or maybe it's the medication. But I'm in the mood for a message of peace and love. And who better to deliver it to me than Reynolds Aluminium? This is the time to help stamp out CB. And this is the season for the Reynolds Metals Company to extend to you the very best of all good wishes. That best wish is peace on earth. Much of Reynolds' expanding aluminum production now goes to the defense of the nation, the defense of our free world. But the ultimate aim is peace, always. And the great destiny of light, strong, rust-proof Reynolds aluminum lies in peaceful progress. In a future when the inspired hope of Christmas shall be realized. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Beautifully put by the Reynolds Aluminium Company. Whenever I look at kitchen foil, I shall now think of world peace. Thank you, Reynolds. Over now to my dear friend and yours, Mr. Rob Bowman, Broadway's finest musical director, for his regular sojourn into some fabulous music. Okay, Rob, I'm feeling playful, I'm feeling fun, I'm feeling flirty. 
What do you got? Sometimes you just hear a song and you just start to smile. This is one of them for me. It is a song called Why Did I Tell You I Was Going to Shanghai? <laughs> it was a song written by Bob Hillard and Milton DeLug and recorded by none other than Doris Day. It's playful, it's fun, it's flirty. What's not to love? Who's gonna kiss me? Who's gonna thrill me? Who's gonna hold me tight tonight? Why did I tell you I was going to Shanghai? I want to be with you tonight. Why did I holler I was going to Shanghai? I want to be with you tonight. It was just a little misunderstanding that a kiss on the cheek could pass. I need you so badly, I'd gladly start all over from scratch. Oh, why did I tell you it was bye-bye for Shanghai? I'm even allergic to rice. Why don't you stop me when I talk about Shanghai? It's just a lover's device. Now who's gonna kiss me? Who's gonna thrill me? Who's gonna hold me tight? I'm right around the corner in the phone booth and I wanna be with you tonight. song rob yeah but i mean it's no theme from the brisk toothpaste ad when you are late and in a rush to clean your teeth do you really brush or do you just brush in a rush brisk cups protect you from the taste like instant action right away even if you brush in a rush brisk fluoride toothpaste game set and match thank you very much Time now to head on over to another round of our favourite guessing game. Yet again, this is a classic Hollywood star who's still with us. So prick up your ears, listen for the clues, and see if you can tell who the hell is that Hollywood legend. All right, panel, as you know, in this case you go to a different form of questioning, one question at a time, in turn, moving clockwise. We begin with uh, Bennett Cerf. Well, judging by your reception, you're one of those hurricanes that uh, the gentleman chases. Uh, are you a beautiful lady? I will answer that with a resounding yes. <laughs> Miss Gilgallan? Are you uh, currently appearing in person in New York? Are you appearing in person in New York? You mean in the 
legitimate theater or supper or club supper or, club or, or presentation club. house or anything like that? Yes. Mm -hmm. No. That's one down and nine to go, Mr. Carson. Are you busy tonight? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I'll try another tack then. He's going out with that tack. Uh, are you here? Are you currently appearing in a motion picture that is uh, in the New York area? Yes. Miss Francis? Well, if you're here for a motion picture, there has been a great deal of publicity about a very beautiful lady from across the seas that is here to make appearances for what I understand is a pri an award-winning picture called... And we stop it there. Did you guess? Very quick one today. But if I tell you that this episode was from the 1960s and that you do have basically all the big main clues there, you may just get it. Answer coming up later in the show. Back to Rob once more now, though, for another scintillating ride into music land. Here is a very rare recording. The song is called Bill, sung by Ava Gardner, from the 1951 lavish MGM production of Showboat. Bill was actually composed for a musical called Oh Lady Lady by Jerome Kern and P.G. Wodehouse, written in the year 1917. But it was considered too melancholy, and it was scrapped, and it's been done in pretty much every production of Showboat ever since. In 1951, they hired Ava Gardner to play this fantastic role, Julie Laverne. She sings Can't Help Loving That Mind and this song, Bill. Well, Miss Gardner was so excited to be singing using her own voice in these tracks, only to find out in the very end she was going to be dubbed by Annette Warren. Now, Miss Warren does a lovely job much more trained singer. But you guys listen to this and see what you think. I love the simplicity. There's something real and earthy in these vocals by uh, Ava Gardner. Ladies and gentlemen, from Showboat, sung by Ava Gardner, Bill. I used to dream that I would discover the perfect lover someday. I knew I'd recognize him if ever he came round. I always used to fancy them He'd be one of the godlike kind of men With a giant brain and a noble head Like the heroes bold In the books I've read But along came Bill, an ordinary guy. He hasn't got a thing that I can brag about, and yet to be upon his knee, so comfy and Because he 
Ava Gardner with Bill, and fear not, Rob will return next week with more hidden musical treasures. On to some movie reviews. I have two for you today. First one, <sighs> good heavens! I I don't actually know where to start. I can't decide whether this is the best Cary Grant film I've ever seen or the worst Cary Grant film I've ever seen. Actually, it's the worst Cary Grant film I've ever seen. Okay. So we're squarely in the wilderness years of Cary Grant's career here. That bit that took place just before he made it big, and when Paramount didn't have a clue what sort of movie to put him in. Basically, the most popular things at the box office in 1934 were cowboy films, horror films, The Marx Brothers, and Shirley Temple. And Cary Grant could not pull a single one of those four role types off. So he found himself shoved into a series of increasingly terrible movies. You'll hear all about this in the upcoming Secret History of Hollywood episode, Carrie Part Two, which is almost written, and I'm so unbelievably excited about it because it is. You'll see. Anyway, back to Carrie Grant. In 1934, he was unceremoniously hurled into a romantic comedy that beggars belief. Yes, he can't play a cowboy. He can't be Frankenstein. He can't be a small child with ringlets in his hair, and he can't be Groucho Marx. But I tell you what, he can be—a French doctor who specialises in beauty lotions, deceiving bored wives, and oh, I almost spoiled the surprise. Not just yet, though. This is 1934's Kiss and Makeup, and boy howdy, oy vey, and shiver me timbers. It really is piece of work. Here's a clip. I'm Constable Claycorn. Mother sent me to see you about an operation. Oh yes. Uh, take your clothes off, please. Oh, uh, must I? Yes, please. What kind of operation do you want? Oh, I don't want an operation. It's for Mother. She'd like her hips cut down before she sails. Oh, I see. Then, uh, then why uh, did you? Uh... I thought you were interested in how I look without it, but you're not. How do you know I'm not? Suppose we take that up at luncheon.、Mm. Grant plays Doctor Maurice Lamar, the owner of the fabulous Temple of Beauty in Paris. There, he preaches of the importance of beauty over happiness, of style over substance. His patients are women who want to add some sparkle into their lives by undergoing complete physical transformations via Doctor Lamar's strict diet regimes, beauty treatments, and plastic surgery. And now, dear distant worshippers of the Temple of Beauty, I present your High Priest, Doctor Maurice Lamar. Ladies, my dear disciples, once more it is my privilege to speak to you on that subject so dear to every woman's heart, beauty. Today I shall take up the throat, the connecting link between a lovely head and a lovely body. How can you obtain true throat appeal? By the use of my cream supreme, which I trust all of you now have beside you. Do you fear the scorching rays of the midday sun? You need not. Cream supreme will protect you from it on the hottest summer day. Suffering alongside Dr. Lamar is his faithful secretary, Anne. Played by Helen Mack, who attempts to convince Dr. Lamar that true happiness comes from within, 
But after operating on the haughty Eve Caron, played by Genevieve Tobin, Lamar realizes that he's created his physical masterpiece and falls in love with her. The problem is that Eve is married to Marcel, played by Edward Everett Horton, who preferred his wife the way she was. But he accused me of being faithless. Not of being faithless, of desertion. For the past year, you've been so busy with his treatments, you've had no time for me. Your wife wanted to be beautiful so that she could appeal to you. That is a lie. I hate thin women. She reduces. I hate red fingernails. Every man does. So she paints hers every day. She's not a wife to me. She's an advertisement for you. I'm surprised at you, sir. You should be proud to have a wife so lovely. Why, did you ever see such classical features? Perfect. Such flawless skin. Marvelous. Such a superb figure. Magnificent. Well, then you do approve. Certainly not. She won't do at all. The woman I married was just pretty enough. In warm climates, men would occasionally turn to look at her. You've turned her into something to attract the American tourist. I have turned her into a masterpiece of loveliness. I don't want a masterpiece of loveliness. Do you realize what the husband of a woman like that is up against? There'll be lovers in the shrubbery, lovers on the balcony. Only today I found a dark Spanish fellow lurking in my vestibule. Now that she's the perfect model of beauty, however, Eve decides to do away with her mousy husband and marry Dr. Lamar. Much to the displeasure of Anne, who's always loved her boss. The story culminates on the Riviera, where Dr. Lamar and Eve, now on their honeymoon, find that their goals in life have dramatically changed. Dr. Lamar wants nothing more than to love his wife in the way that most new husbands intend to. But Eve does not so much as want to have a hair ruffled in her quest for beauty perfection. Don't you love me anymore? Oh, how can I love you when you look like a walking beauty parlor? Maurice! It's true. We come to the seashore and I can't swim with you. I take you to dinner and I can't eat with you. I become your husband and... Oh, I tell you, I've had enough. I can't stand anymore. Oh, my goodness. This thing is a forest fire. I think the most glaring problem with this movie in terms of story is that it spends the first half of its running time doing its best to convince its audience that beauty is the only thing that matters in life. It does this by parading a never-ending chorus line of paramount beauties in these awfully nonsensical, disjointed, very kitsch little pageants that make little sense. It's so unbelievably random and trippy that a guy turns up and says he's a sultan who wants to buy some girls, and I couldn't actually tell if I was supposed to believe him or not. Later on, it then decides that the real lesson of the movie is that concentrating on beauty alone is a very bad thing. It's difficult to take seriously the word of a script that tells you that beauty isn't all when it spent 60 of its 78 minutes in showing you every inch of these nubile beauties in their lingerie. This is a film that stars all 14 of the wampus baby stars of 1934 in their underwear and swimwear. It spends a good portion of the opening credits focusing in on their heavenly lit gauzy features. But don't look at them too much, because the real beauty comes from within. Now, here are their legs for 20 minutes. <laughs> it's great to see Edward Everett Horton in this. In fact, his presence in the movie made me think of Fred and Ginger. And then I realized that this entire movie is very much like a Fred and Ginger reject. It's very thin on plot. Every character is a caricature. No one's really striving for Oscars in terms of acting. But in the Fred and Ginger movies, you did have charm. You did have spectacle. And of course, you had the hypnotic dances. In this, you are led by the hand through a 
cavalcade of atrocious people who encourage you to leer at the girls and then smack you across the head for doing it. <laughs> and then we come to Cary Grant. He is terrible in this. I mean, I have never seen a more ill-suited role played by anyone. He comes across as more of a Cary Grant impersonator than the real thing. Quick context here. He was basically in Paramount's bad books for having complained that his parts were so bad that they sent him off to 20th Century to make Born to be Bad, which was such a bad movie that Grant came back very sorry and very willing to do anything to get into their good books again. This was the film he was forced to do. And you can tell that he is hating every single moment of it. You can see his heart break as every moment passes. But that isn't the most painful part. The film also decides, halfway through, halfway through, that it's now a musical. <laughs> Helen Mack and Edward Everett Horton's characters go out on a date and order corned beef and cabbage, and they are so happy about it that they sing a song about it. No, I'm not kidding. Here is the proof. A penny for your thoughts. I'm simply wild about you. I couldn't do without you. Corned beef and cabbage, I love you. You always set me raving. You satisfy that craving. Corned beef and cabbage, I love you. If I could have you every day, my life would have more spice. And even if I have to pay, I'd gladly pay the price. I see you and surrender. Oh, won't you please be tender? Corned beef and cabbage, I love you. I'm always happy when you are featured on the menu. Corned beef and cabbage, I love you. Although you're so plebeian, you're fit for any queen. Corned beef and cabbage, I love you. You fill me with a strange desire that haunts me all night through. You seem to set my heart on fire. You give me heartburn too. Really? Why don't you try a loader by carbonate of soda? Corned beef. And cabbage. I love you. Remember when I told you about the surprise earlier? Well, the surprise is that Cary Grant has to sing a song. Twice. For posterity's sake, I will play you some of the song. It's about maths or something. I couldn't tell because I was busy sticking knives into my ears. There never was a night like this. There never was a girl like you. Each moment of delight like this is love divided by two. Your loveliness would glorify That happiness I have in view And I'll have even more if I divide the glory with you Do I hit the ceiling whenever you're near? I don't hit the ceiling I hit the stratosphere My heart is at the height of joy No beauty can compare with you This night will be a night of joy And love 
divided by two. And yep, later on, as he looks wistfully up at the moon, here comes some more. Once I thought a husband and a lover were two men, not one. I thought romance was only a game of kiss and run. Now I'm both a husband and a lover, and really, it's fun. There never was a night like this. Even the magic of Hollywood cannot disguise the fact that Cary Grant's heart is breaking throughout each number. Have you ever seen a man invisibly cry? Well, watch 1934's Kiss and Makeup and you'll see it constantly. That is, if you can see the actual movie through your own tears. Even more if I divide the glory with you. But a real treat for you next. It is so difficult to juggle different genres in a single film. The masters could do it with ease. But where do you draw the line at comedy when it comes to action? Where do you draw the line at romance when it comes to a thriller? And how in the heck do you juggle all four at once and still get it absolutely perfect? Well, ask John Huston because that's exactly what he did when he directed Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn in 1951's, you know what it is, The African Queen. Well, there ain't two hours of daylight left, miss. We can go a long way in two hours, Mr. Allnut. Uh, well, I'll have to get the old kettle to boiling and... Well, do so, Mr. Allnut. Could you make a torpedo? <laughs> We're in German East Africa at the beginning of World War I and missionary Rose Sayer is at work in a small village when troops begin to arrive. Her only means of escaping the conflict on her doorstep is to hop on board the African Queen, a small ramshackle steamboat owned and captained by a heavily drunk bad-mannered and coarse mechanic named Charlie Allnut. All this foolish talk about the Louisa going down the river. What do you mean? I mean, we ain't gonna do nothing of the sort. Of course we are. What an absurd idea. What an absurd idea. What an absurd idea. Lady, you got ten absurd ideas for my one. <laughs> After showing us as the rapids, and nobody in their mind Ryan would tackle the rapids at night. But well, then we'll go in the daylight. We'll go on the far side of the river from Shona just as fast as ever we can. Oh, no, we won't. You agreed to go. I never did. I never agreed to nothing. You are a liar, Mr. Allnut. And what is worse, you are a coward. Coward yourself. You ain't no lady. No, miss. Whose boat is this, anyway? I asked you on board because I was sorry for you on account of you losing your brother at all. Well, I ain't sorry no more, you crazy psalm-singing skinny old maid. Rose finds Mr. Allnut completely repellent in every way, from his hygiene to his alcoholism. He, in turn, is repelled by the ultra-conservative prim ways of his unwanted boat guest. But as the voyage continues, they begin to find small slivers of common ground as they navigate the dangers of the river and the encroaching Germans. Who better than church-going Rose and drunken Mr. Allnut to team up to take on the Germans by plotting a mission to sink the most powerful submarine in the water? Mr. Allnut. 
I'm still right here, miss. There ain't much of any other place I could be on a 30-foot boat. <laughs> You're a machinist, aren't you? I mean, wasn't that your position at the mine? Yes, a kind of a fixer, jack of all trades and master of none, like they say. Could you make a torpedo? How's that, miss? Could you make a torpedo? A torpedo? You see, there ain't nothing so complicated as the insides of a torpedo. It's got gyroscopes, compressed air chambers, compensating cylinders. But all those things, those gyroscopes and things, they're only to make it go, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, go and hit what it's aimed at. Well, we've got the African Queen. It's really rather difficult to think of a film that manages to be so fun, so thrilling, so funny, so romantic, so action-packed and so enjoyable as the African Queen. I mean, let's start with casting. Who on earth would ever put Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn into a romantic situation? The casting in this movie is genius. Hepburn is Fabulous as the Ice Queen who slowly thaws as they move on up the river. And Bogart is the best he's ever been as the roughhousing drunk who keeps having to make it up to Miss Prim and Proper, all while cursing her very existence. By the time the movie gets to its third act, not a single one of you can fail to be Team Rose and Charlie. I mean, they go from being the bitterest of enemies to the dream team. And they both get their chance at heroism, whether it's Bogart up to his neck in leeches or Hepburn angrily defying the German who's about to execute her. It's a masterclass in plotting and storytelling, and it doesn't come better than the African Queen. Aside from the purely relationship side of things, though, this is an action movie with some serious chops. I mean, the rapid sequence alone is iconic enough. But you also have the plotline of turning the boat into a propelled torpedo, the culmination of which is thrilling stuff. I mean, talk about your last-minute saves. And as a comedy... It's superlative. Who'd have thought that Bogart had such a funny bone? Just listening to him bing about Rose and her bing about him, I could watch it for hours. No wonder he got an Oscar for this. You often hear about those hallowed movies that can fill any space in your life. This, for me, is pure comfort food. It ticks every box. It's big, it's bold, the casting is magnificent, the action is great, the laughs are there, the thrills are excellent and the romance is the sweetest it's a movie you can grab at any time and still enjoy you've all seen the african queen i know that you know that but for the tiny percentage out there who haven't now is the time it's pure escapism it's wonderful it's joyful it's one of the greatest movies of all time for a reason and wouldn't you know it the lux radio theater in the early 50s just before it went off air managed to adapt the African Queen, bringing back Humphrey Bogart as Mr. Allnut, this time in the company of Greer Garson as Rose. Not quite Hepburn and Bogey, but about as close as you can get, I think. So full steam ahead today for this sparkling version of one of cinema's true treats as we join Humphrey Bogart and Greer Garson for the African Queen. See you afterwards. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, bring you the Lux Radio Theater, starring Humphrey Bogart and Greer Garson in The African Queen. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. Irving Cummings. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. When the Academy Award for Best Performance by an Actor was presented last March, a star who had built his reputation with great performances of gangster parts was among those nominated. 
and Humphrey Bogart won that award with great acclaim in the unusual role of the intemperate skipper of the African Queen. And as his co-star of this John Huston production, we have beautiful Greer Gosson, another Academy Award winner. Tonight, Miss Gosson will vary her popular role of the charming wife to play a straight-laced spinster. Naturally, Hollywood stars like to change the roles they play. But when it comes to complexion care, there's just one favorite, Lux Toilet Soap. Our most glamorous stars know they can count on daily Lux facials for the finest in complexion care, care that really leaves skin smoother and fresher. So try Hollywood's own beauty care, Lux Toilet Soap. Now, the African Queen, starring Greer Gosson as Rose and Humphrey Bogart as Charlie Allnut. <laughs> Here is 1914, German East Africa, where Rose Sayer and her brother Samuel spread gospel of God. For more than a year, the missionaries have seen only one white man, Mr. Allnut, pilot of the African Queen, a filthy, dilapidated launch that gasps her way up and down the river. Uh, do we have some more tea, Mr. Allnut? Uh, thanks, miss. I, I don't mind if I do. <laughs> uh, just listen to this stomach of mine. I mean, the way it keeps growling and squealing, the way it sounds, you'd think I had a hyena inside of me. Uh, you, uh, you do take sugar. <laughs> Queer thing, ain't it? Now, what do you suppose makes a man's stomach carry on like this? You, uh, you're planning to stay overnight, Mr. Allnut? Oh, no, miss, I... I got to get up river and back to the mine. Oh, I almost forgot to tell you, I probably won't be coming around this way for a couple of months. But, uh, but what about our mail? Ah, uh, don't look like there's going to be any mail for a while, on account of the war. War? What war? Where? Europe, miss. Germany and England. England? You really mean war? <laughs> yeah, that's what they tell me, Reverend. But what do you know about it? What's happened? Well, now, let's see, uh... Uh, oh, yes, French are in it, too, and all them, uh, all them little countries, uh, Austria, Hungary, Belgium. Uh, I forget who's with who, though. Oh, brother. Yes, Rose, I know. This is German, East Africa. We, we are enemy aliens. <laughs> now, what harm could anybody do the Germans in this God-forsaken place? God has not forsaken this place, Mr. Allnut, as my brother's presence here will bear witness. Oh, no offense, miss. Well, I'll be getting aboard the Queen and shoving off. Uh, thanks for the tea, miss. Goodbye, Mr. Allnut. Goodbye, and thank you. Oh, that, that wretched little man with his foul cigar. His indifference about the war. He's Canadian. Doesn't he realize he's in this too? Shouldn't we try to get to Limbazi? I mean, while we can. The shepherd does not forsake his flock when the wolves are prowling. We shall stay here, Rose. Yes, brother. Yes, of course. Come, dear, come. We shall pray. Miss, it's me, miss. I come back a lot sooner than I said. Oh. So the Germans have been here too, eh? Yes. They've, they've been here, Mr. Ornett. When I got to the mines at Limbazi, everything was a shamble. Deserted. Burnt to the ground, just 
like the village here. Uh, reverend around, miss? My brother is dead. Oh, oh, well now, now ain't that awful. If them Germans that shoot a reverend, there ain't nobody safe. They were here three days ago. They didn't shoot him. They, they struck him, and his heart was, was bad. And... Oh, well, that's, now that's certainly too bad, miss. That's all I can say. I tell you what, miss. You get your things together, we'll get aboard the Queen and clear out. Them Germans are sure to come back. But why? Why should they come back Why, they'll be looking for the boat, miss, for the African Queen. She's not much, but they'd give a lot to get their hands on her, you bet. And for what's aboard her, too? Blasting gelatin, tin grub, cylinders of oxygen and hydrogen. Heaps of things I was bringing to the mines. But where could we go? Why, out there on the river, miss. Get behind an island where it's quiet and safe. We can talk about what to do then. I'll get ready. That's the ticket, miss. You bet. You come with me. Well, miss, so far, so good. Here we are, safe and sound, as you might say. A nice shady spot and a nice lonesome spot. The question is, what next? Quite, Mr. Allnut. We got heaps of grub aboard, 2,000 cigarettes and two cases of gin. Gin? Why, we could sit out the war here if we wanted to. All the comforts of home, miss, including running water. <laughs> Mr. Allnut, we simply cannot remain off a backwater island until the war is oh, over. Can't we now, miss? Well, you've got the map there. Show me a way out and I'll take it. The British will certainly launch an attack. Now, uh, the only question is, which way will they come? Uh, uh, from the sea, maybe. Up the railway to Limbazi. Well, that'll put all them Germans between them and us. Might not our troops come up from the Congo? Miss, miss, look. You see this lake on the map? Yes, yes. That's a hundred miles a lake. And there ain't nothing gonna cross it while the Louise is there. The Louise? She's a hundred-ton steamer, miss, and German. She's boss of the lake because she's got six-pounders, the biggest guns in Central Africa. Oh. Uh, we're in a bit of a fix, miss, whichever way you look at it. This river runs into that lake, does it not? Yes, miss. Yes, it does. But if you got any ideas of getting there in this launch, you better get rid of them. Why? Well, you look at the map, miss. This here is shown the Germans have a fort at Shona. They blow us right out of the water, and before that, there's the rapids. Twenty miles of water, it's like it was coming out of a fire hose. But it has been done. Yes, miss, in a canoe, a fellow named Spengler, he almost... Mr. Allnut, uh, what did you say was in those wooden boxes? Them? Them was blasting gelatin, miss. Is it dangerous? <laughs> Bless you, no. That's safety stuff. Takes a detonator to set it off. And what are those long torpedo-like things? Uh, more stuff for the mine... Them's uh, oxygen and hydrogen cylinders, miss. Mr. Allnut, uh, you're a machinist, aren't you? Uh, kind of a fixer, miss. Jack of all trades, like they say. Could you make a torpedo? How's that, miss? Uh, could you make a torpedo? A torpedo? Ask me to make a dreadnought and do it upright, miss. A torpedo? <laughs> you, you really don't know what you're asking. Why, there just ain't nothing so complicated as the inside of a torpedo. It's got gyroscopes and compressed air chambers Oh, but they don't and... need to make it go, aren't they? Well, we've got the African Queen. 
How's that, Matt? And if we were to uh, to fill those cylinders with that blasting gelatine, and then uh, then fix them so that they'd stick out over the end of this boat, and then uh, then if we were to run this boat against the side of a ship, well, uh, well, they'd go off just like a torpedo would, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, that's right, Matt. Well, then we could uh, we could point the launch towards a ship, and uh, just before she hit, we could dive off, couldn't we? Sure, sure, Miss. Absolutely, only there ain't nothing to torpedo. Oh, but there is. Is what? The Louisa. The Louisa? Oh, now, don't talk silly, miss. You can't do that. Honest, you can't. I told you before, we can't get down the river. Spangler did. In a canoe. If a German did it, we can do uh, it. Not in no launch, we can't. Well, how do you know? You've never tried. Well, I never tried shooting myself in the head, neither. In other words, in other words, Mr. Allnut, you're refusing to help your country in her hour of need. Uh, I wouldn't put it that way. Just how would you put it? Uh, all right, miss. Have it your own way. But don't blame me for what happens. Very well, then. Let's get started. Well, you mean now? Now. But there ain't two hours of daylight left, miss. We can go a long way in two hours, Mr. Allnut. But the boiler, the fire's gone out practically. We can't move till we get the old kettle boiling again. Well, you're well stocked with firewood. Do so. Oh. Refusing to... Help your country in an hour of need. Could you make a torpedo, Mr. Allnut? Well, do so, Mr. Allnut. Uh, did you say something, Mr. Allnut? Mean, miss, I, I didn't say nothing, miss. Anything wrong, Mr. Allnut? That's yeah, just this old boiler, miss. She's leaking steam. See? Oh. Uh, why are you kicking the boiler, Mr. Allnut? Feed pump full of rust and scum. She gets clogged up. And that's all you have to do? Just kick it? <laughs> it's known how to kick her, miss. She gets peevish now and then, ever since I dropped a screwdriver down the safety valve. Uh, what would happen if you didn't kick it? The whole boiler'd blow up. Then why don't you dismantle the safety valve and remove the screwdriver? <laughs> you know, I'm going to do that one of these days. The only reason I haven't up to now is that I kind of like kicking her. She's all I've got. Well, uh, she, she seems to be operating quite normally now. <laughs> yeah, like I, like I said, miss, all she needs is a good boot. Well, you ready to call it a day? It's kind of, a, kind of like a, a lagoon up ahead. It's a real nice place when the bugs ain't too bad. I shan't complain, Mr. Allnut. We have much to be thankful for. <laughs> and that's a fact, miss. It's like they say, it ain't never so bad that it can't be worse. Mr. Allnut, do you suppose anyone has seen us? Oh, there ain't nobody in these parts, miss, forgetting the beasts of the forest. Kind of, kind of hot, ain't it? I could do with a drink. I got an extra cup here, miss, if you're going to have one. Oh, no, no, thank you. Uh, what is it? Uh, gin, miss. Gin. Uh, something wrong? Uh, no. <laughs> well, if you're worried about there not being enough, why, there's uh, two full cases aboard. Oh, no, no, please. Well, maybe you'd like a nice cup of tea. Well, thank you. <laughs> you get real service on the African Queen. Hey, see this? Hot water all the time. Out of the boiler? <laughs> It'll taste a little rusty, but then we can't have everything, can we? 
There you are, miss. Just add the tea to suit your taste like they say on the box. Thank you. Don't mention it. Well, you just sit and relax, and after a bit, I'll start thinking about supper. How long have you been out here, miss? In Africa? Oh, almost ten years. You ever get homesick? Well, I, I'm afraid I have been homesick many times. It's Sunday afternoons that I think of most. The peace and the quiet of home. <laughs> On Sunday afternoons, I was always sleeping one off. Sleeping one... Oh. <laughs> uh, what brought you to Africa, Mr. Allant? Uh, the Zambezi Bridge, miss. A whole boatload of us Canucks came over to work on it. Don't know yet what they wanted a bridge for, but then uh, why did the chicken cross the road? I beg your pardon? Uh, nothing, miss. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes I wish I was back, but then I remember how I'd have to be taking orders from somebody while out here. I, well, I'm my own boss. Well, drink your tea, miss. I'll, I'll go fix you some grub. Now, what do you think you're doing, miss? Well, if I may draw some hot water from the boiler, I'll wash these dishes. Ah, mostly. I, uh, I just hold them over the side and let the current do the washing. If you will forgive me, that's about what I imagine. Cleanliness is next to godliness, eh, miss? Is that so amusing, Mr. Allnut? <laughs> uh, no, miss. Uh, you don't see no crocodiles around, do you? Crocodiles? Uh, no. No, it's too shallow for them. Well, I, uh, I could do the bath before I turn in. I... I'd like a bath myself. Well, now, you do the dishes back here, and I'll go off the bow. So long as we look, so long as we don't look, it don't matter. Well, how about it, miss? Well, very well, Mr. Allnut. That's the ticket. I won't be a minute, just a slosh or two. Mr. Allnut! Mr. Allnut! Right here, miss. How's the water? Oh, no, 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 stay just where you are. I, oh, dear, I, I can't get back into the boat. Well, I'll give you a hand, then. Oh, I've been trying to climb up, but I can't. I'm afraid I, I do need help. Is that blanket still there? Yes, miss. Well, if you will please hold it up in front of you and close your eyes. Well, I just got two hands, miss, and if I hold up the blanket... Oh, then, then just close your eyes. I got them closed, miss. Now, here, you grab my arm. Oh, thank you. Oh, but, but don't you dare move until I say so. Oh, no, miss. I, I bathed in my undergarments. You'll have to wait until I... Oh, it's all right, miss. It's all right. You just say when. Well, you feel better, miss? Oh, yes. Yes, I, I do. Well, now, you better sleep here under the awning, miss, in case it rains. Here's a couple of rugs. There ain't no fleas on them. Uh, where will, uh, uh, where will you sleep, Mr. Allnut? Me or forward, miss. And if it'll make you feel better, you can hang up one of them tarpaulins like a kind of a curtain, sort of. Thank you. Good night. I'll turn out the lantern if you're ready, miss. I'm quite ready. Good night, Mr. Allnut. Good night, miss. Why, I'm 
Sorry, I woke you, miss. What are you doing? I, I ain't doing nothing, miss. Just getting out of the wet. Well, go away this instant. Yes, miss. Mr. Allnut. Yes, miss? You may come in out of the rain if you wish. Thank you, miss. Uh, miss? Yes? I'm sorry I gave you such a turn. Oh, that's quite all right. I, I didn't realize that you were just... Uh, how hard it was raining. I won't get near you, miss. There's heaps of room. Good night, Mr. Allnut. Good night, miss. Before we return with Act Two of The African Queen, here's Francis Scully, popular Hollywood commentator. Wasn't it a pleasure, Ken, to meet the famous swimmer Annette Kellerman on your program last week? Oh, yes, indeed, Francis. She's a remarkable woman. No wonder Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer filmed her life story and called it Million Dollar Mermaid. Well, the film looks like a million dollars in gorgeous technicolor with stars like Esther Williams, Walter Pidgeon, Victor Mature, and David Brine. Esther Williams certainly does some sensational routines in those beautiful water ballets. Oh, and she looks so glamorous, particularly in the famous one-piece bathing suit that shocked Boston in the 1920s. <laughs> well, I thought it was an exceptionally good love story, too, Francis, with both Victor Mature and David Bryan in love with Esther Williams, as she becomes the toast of two continents. <laughs> yes, and Annette Kellerman, Esther Williams, plays an exciting role, filled with glamour and romance in Million Dollar Mermaid. Well, I can't imagine a mermaid more beautiful than Esther Williams, and Technicolor, her complexion looks like a million dollars. And yet, Ken, Esther Williams' complexion care is one that every girl can use. It's Lux Toilet Soap. Like nine out of ten famous Hollywood stars, Esther's devoted to Lux Soap Care. And when all these famous beauties agree on one complexion soap, you know it must do something wonderful for skin. Must really smooth and freshen your complexion. And that's just what daily Lux Care does. Its skin tonic action helps your skin retain natural moisture. Even dry skin looks fresher, more appealing. And Lux facials take only a minute. You just cream in the rich Lux lather, rinse warm, splash cold, and there your complexion sparkles. Yes, girls, Lux care is simple, but so effective that Lever Brothers Company guarantees it will improve any normal skin. So try these daily Lux soap facials. See how quickly your skin looks lovelier. Really looks lovely. Now, here's our producer, Mr. Cummings. Act two of The African Queen, starring Humphrey Bogart as Mr. Allnut and Greer Gosson as Rose. It's the following morning, and the African Queen wheezes her way down the river. Mr. Allnut is at the rusty engine, administering with tools and frequent kicks of his experienced foot. And now suddenly what he is dreading is upon them. The sluggish river has turned into whirlpools and rapids. Well, miss, how'd you like it? Like it? White water, rapids. Oh, I never dreamed of it. <laughs> I don't blame you for being scared, miss. Ain't nobody in his right mind ain't scared of white water. I was about to say that I never dreamed that any mere physical experience could be so stimulating. Huh? How's that, miss? I've seldom known such excitement. 
A few times in my dear brother's sermons, when the spirit was really upon him, I felt... Well, you mean you want to go on? But of course I do. Miss, you're crazy. Oh, I must say, I'm filled with admiration for your skill, Mr. Allnut. Do you suppose that after I practice steering a bit more, that someday I might try? Miss, let me tell you something. Those rapids back there ain't nothing to what's in front of us. Oh, I can hardly wait. But, Miss... Oh, I know that I've had a taste of it. I don't wonder that you love boating, Mr. Allnut. Boating? <laughs> Excuse me, miss, I need a drink. Mr. Allnut, if, uh, if something's the matter, please, That's, I must know. It's nothing you'd understand. You're... You're drinking gin again, Mr. Allnut. Yes, miss, I sure am. It's been such a pleasant day up until now. What is it that's, that's driving you to drink, Mr. Allnut? All right, I'll tell you. It's all your foolish talk about us going on into the lake, all this crazy talk about the Louisa. Well, we ain't gonna go. Well, of course we are. What an absurd idea. What an absurd idea. What an absurd idea. Why don't you want to go on? Because of the river and the rapids and then Shona. Shona? Oh, yes, yes, where the Germans have a fort. Yeah, you're darn right, Shona. Just one bullet in that blasting gelatin missing. We'd be a little bits and pieces. Then we'll go by the fort at night. Oh, no, we won't. Then we'll go by day. We can go on the far side of the river, speeding along just as fast as ever oh, we can. Oh, ain't gonna go speeding along any place. <gasps> you agreed to go. I never did. I never agreed to anything. Mr. Allnut, you are a liar. And what is worse than that, a, a coward. No! Coward yourself. You ain't no lady, no, miss. That's what my poor old mother would say to you. My poor old mother would say to you. <laughs> Whose boat is this, anyway? I asked John because I was sorry for you. That's what you get for feeling sorry for people. Oh, I ain't sorry for you anymore. You're a crazy, psalm-singing, dried-up old maid. Mr. Allnut, you are drunk. You're not half what I'm going to be, either. <laughs> there was a bold fisherman set sail for Port Pimlico to catch the bold piggy and the gay back. <laughs> Oh, miss. Oh, my head. Oh, have pity, miss. Mr. Allnut, you are still intoxicated. Oh. Oh, the gin. That's gin you're pouring into the river. Indeed it is. Oh, you... You don't know what you're doing, miss. I'll perish without a hair of the dog. Look at you, reeling about helplessly. Oh, my head. Oh, my head. I'm warning you, miss... That gin ain't your property. It's no one's property now. Twenty-one empty bottles floating on the waves, and I'm glad. You're a criminal, that's what you are. Oh, I'll die. Then what'll you do? I'll suffer and die, and I'll float on the wave. It's all you're doing, you hear? You did it all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's you. Good morning. 
Uh, I, uh, I look different, huh? Yeah, I, uh, I shaved. Ooh, uh, I see you're reading your Bible. Ah, it's a good thing to have a lady aboard, miss. Sets a man a good example, a man alone. Well, he gets to living like a hog. And two with me, it's, uh, always put things off. But with you, miss, it's business before pleasure every time. <laughs> I, uh, I tell you, it's like an inspiration. And that old engine, I ain't got that old engine so clean in years. Just look at her, miss. Uh, you don't care. Hmm. I only had some clean clothes like you. Now you, why, you could be at high tea. Say, that's an idea, miss. How about a nice little cup of tea? Uh, how's the book? How about reading it out loud? I could do with a little spiritual comfort myself. And you call yourself a Christian, don't you? Don't you, huh? You're behaving like an infant. And how are you behaving? You're, you're just plain mean. Man takes a drop too much once in a while. It's only human nature. Nature, Mr. Allnut, is what we're put into this world to rise above. I'm sorry. I apologize for getting so drunk. What more can a man do? Besides, you paid me back. Didn't even leave me a drop. Have a heart, miss. Say something. I don't care what it is, but you gotta say something. So you think it was your nasty drunkenness I minded? Oh, what else? You promised me that you'd go down the river. Miss, miss, listen to me. There's death a thousand times down there. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but don't blame me. Blame the river. You promised. Well, I'm taking my promise back. All right, miss, you win. As the crocodiles will be glad to hear. Down the river we go. Thank you, Mr. Allnut. We're making splendid progress, Mr. Allnut. Look over there. Shona? Not yet, miss, but soon over there's a crocodile waiting for his supper. Which side of the river is Shona on? Starboard, miss. But good, then the sun will be in their eyes. Why, you're worried, aren't you? Oh, not me, miss. I gave myself up for dead back where we started. Well, that noise, what was that? Well, that fort's closer than I thought. They're just letting us know they've sighted us. Their next shot's going to be closer. Their aim's dreadful, isn't it? Their aim will be good enough unless we turn back. Mr. Allnut, I don't want to hear those words again. Yes, miss. Now put your head down. We'll get rifle fire, too, in a minute. Can't we go any faster? I wish you are going to try, miss, and if it's all the same with you, start praying. <laughs> We've made it! Look, we've made it! Give us a Mr. Oh, we sure put one over on them Germans that time, didn't we, miss? Oh, we showed them, miss. Hip, hip, hooray! But was my handling of the boat oh, all right? better than all right, miss. They were that surprised at seeing the old African queen. They didn't really start shooting until we were past. Oh, this <laughs> wonderful old boat! <laughs> well, we're, uh, we're full of water, miss. We're battered and we're busted. You see these bullet holes? One through the steam hose and two in the boiler. Have the engine stopped? Long since, miss. But we can drift into them shallows and I'll start pumping. No, no, I'll pump while you go ashore for logs. Well, that, that would save us time. Thank you, miss. Here now, you watch close yes. and I'll, I'll show you the trick. I've got almost all the water pumped out, Mr. Allnut. 
Come and look. Uh, just let me see. Set these logs down. Oh, you've worn yourself out, miss. Well, so have you. Well, if it's all right with you, we'd, we'd better stay here till morning. Hey. Hey, where'd they come from? Them flowers. Oh, I... I just couldn't resist them. I waded ashore and I... I picked them. Do you recognize them, Mr. Allnut? I... I've never seen them before. Well, I can't say that I have either, miss. What if no one ever has? What if they don't even have a name? <laughs> well, name or not, miss, they sure are pretty. Here, put one in your hair. Catch. Oh, dear. Oh, I, I dropped it. No, 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 it. I'll get it. No, no, I can pick it up. I, uh... Oh. <laughs> well, well, look at us. Hands and knees in three inches of water looking for a flower. Uh, uh, I, I could laugh and, and, and cry and I... Uh... Oh, you... You kissed me. Yes, miss. I sure did, miss. You... You kissed me. Mr. Allnut. Uh, dear. <coughs> oh. Oh. Hello, Rosie. <laughs> You've been napping. Supper's ready. Rosie. Fancy you building a fire and all while I slept. Uh, uh, dear, what is your first name? Charlie. <laughs> Charlie uh, Give us a kiss, Rosie Charlie Charlie, dear ah. The more I look at this place, the prettier it gets I expect it's about the prettiest place I've ever been to Oh, not that I ain't all for going down the river, you understand Oh, yes, Charlie, I know Why, the sooner we blow up the old Louisa, the better What I meant was I'd like to come back here someday Then you think we can do it? Do it but well, there's nothing a man can't do if he believes in himself. Never say die, that's my motto. I've had mis misgivings, Charlie. I was beginning to think that perhaps the, the whole thing was a mistake. How's that, miss? Ah, I mean, Rosie. Well, I, I had a moment of weakness. Oh, well, if you're feeling weak, Rosie, why a day or two here on shore won't make any difference. Oh, no, no. We'll go on and thank heaven for your strength, Charlie. Thank heaven. <laughs> Well, Rosie girl, looks like there ain't nothing can stop the old queen. What about the propeller, Charlie? Turning nice as you please, Rosie. Why, we're going down the river just like uh, Anthony and Cleopatra in their barge. Oh, this couldn't happen, Rosie, if it hadn't been for you. Don't you feel proud of yourself? Certainly not. It's you, Charlie. It's all you. I don't think there's another man alive who could have done what you've done. Oh, I'll never forget the way you looked when we was going over them rapids. Head up, chin out, hair blowing in the wind. The living picture of a heroine. Oh, fancy me, a heroine. <laughs> oh, Charlie, you've lost your mind. Lost my heart, too, sweetheart. Oh, what a time we've had, Rosie. What a time. 
We'll never lack for stories to tell our grandchildren. Charlie, how much further do you suppose it is to the lake? Well, there's no telling, Rosie. All depends on how much winding around this old river does. The river's changed, hasn't it? And that smell, why, it's, it's, it's like marigolds, stale marigolds. <laughs> Not a very good smell for a flower. They're, they're very pretty, though, marigolds. Rosie, look. Another bend? Oh, only that's all it was. Rosie, it's on all sides, nothing ahead but grass and papyrus, as far as you can see. But the river doesn't stop up there. It can't. Not according to the map, it can't, only how do you get through that stuff? Charlie, they're islands, thousands of tiny islands. But where's the main channel among them? Uh, don't look like there is one, Rosie. Just a sea of grass and a forest of reeds. Well, I, I'd better cut the engine. Charlie... What are we going to do, huh? I don't know, Rosie. Get into it and take a look around, I suppose. Yes, dear, yes. But once we're in, Rosie, and the grass and them reeds close up in back of us, there'll be no going back. If anything happens, we'll just sit there till we go off our heads with fever. I... I know, Charlie. So, you pays your money and you takes your choice. Which is it, sweetheart? Straight ahead or turn around? Straight ahead, Charlie. We'll continue with Act Three of The African Queen in a few moments. Now it's with great pleasure I introduce our guest, the lovely Zsa Zsa Gabor, who will soon be seen in United Artists' great new Technicolor picture, Moulin Rouge. Hello, Erwin. You know, I've just returned from Paris. That's where the picture was filmed, because it's about the famous French painter Toulouse-Lautrec. Yes, and his genius and reckless way he defied convention make one of the screen's most dramatic stories. You know, José Ferrer plays the actor, plays, and now the new French star Colette Marchand plays the woman he loves, and I am Jean Avril, the famous singer and dancer in Toulouse-Lautrec's post. It's a spectacular picture, Zsa Zsa. In Moulin Rouge, producer John Huston captures all the flavor of Paris left bank and the colorful artist's life. Oh, Zaza, you're a knockout in that red and white costume of Lautrec's famous poster. You set it off so perfectly with that creamy complexion of yours. It's a luxe complexion, I know. Of course, Ken. I'm devoted to the luxe toilet soap facials. And I really appreciate luxe for my bath, too, especially after making this picture. My dance number required 93 rehearsals. Was I tired? But my Lux bath completely refreshed me. Yes, a bath with creamy white Lux soap is the quickest beauty pickup ever. It treats you to so many luxuries in one. First, there's the rich, abundant lather Lux gives, even in hard water. Second, there's that delightful mildness of Lux, the way its gentle lather leaves your skin so soft. The luxury I love is the Lux perfume. It clings so long, yet it's so delicate. Flower fresh. Oh, thank you, Jaja. Girls, try the big bath size Lux toilet soap. Do it tomorrow. Be Lux lovely for the holidays ahead. We pause now for station identification. This is the CBS Radio Network.
The curtain rises on Act Three of The African Queen, starring Greer Garson as Rose and Humphrey Bogart as Charlie. For days now, the journey of the African Queen has been halted. Across the breadth of the river, like a towering living wall, is a jungle of grass and reeds, an endless morass through which a thousand different channels twist and turn. And somewhere among them, Rose and Charlie are hopelessly lost. Charlie, please, let me pole for a while. That's uh, no use, Rosie. All the channels we've lost, all the squirming and turning we've done. This river's crazy, crazy as I am. Oh, Charlie. Sorry, old girl. Well, the only thing that will put the roses back in our cheeks is to get out of these reeds. I'll go over the side again. You pull, Rosie, and I'll push. Just keep her straight if you can, Rosie. Head her through the grass. There must... Your main channel... Mustn't there? It just... It just can't... Disappear. I'm sick of talking about it, Rosie. Or searching for it, or even... Charlie! Ah, leeches! Bloodsuckers! Ah, you're covered with them! (laughs) Ooh, my legs, Rosie, my arms. Ooh, the little beggars. Pull them off me. Rosie, help me. Oh, yes, yes, no, 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 don't touch them. Don't. Ooh, salt, Rosie. Yes. You pull them off of their heads, stay in. Poison the blood. Get the salt. Yes, dear, Ooh. yes, I'm... Ooh. Pour it over me. Oh. Pour the salt over I me. I am, Charlie, I am. Ooh, they can't stand uh, the salt. Uh, See, Rosie. Uh, Look, they're, they're dropping off. Oh, my poor Charlie. Ooh. If there's anything in the world I hate, it's leeches. Oh, the filthy little devil. You're bleeding. Uh, oh, they, it ain't nothing. The salt will kill the poison. Well, here I go. Charlie, no. You're not going over again. No, no. Take the pole, Rosie. We'll try again. Rosie. You still awake, Rosie? I'm here, dear. I'm, I'm awful cold, Rosie. Hot and, and cold. Chills and fever. Fine, fine specimen of a man I am, ain't I? You're the bravest man that ever lived. You're just overdue, that's all. Try to sleep, and when you wake up, we'll be on our way again. Uh, on our way? Even if we had all our strength, we'd never get the boat off this mud. We're finished, Rosie. I know it. But I'm... I'm not one bit sorry I came. What I mean is... It was worth it. Dear Lord, we've come to the end of our journey... I pray for you to be merciful. Judge us not for our weakness, but for our love. And open the doors of heaven for Charlie and me.
Rosie, it's over, sweetheart. It is, The storm's Charlie. over. Open your eyes, dear. It's daylight. I, I wonder if I dreamed it, Charlie. If it was just a, a, a nightmare. I saw animals and, and birds running, screaming. Oh, it's nothing you dreamed, Rosie. Uh, I never seen such a storm. Charlie, what are you doing? You mustn't work, dear. You're not strong enough yet to... Rosie, I ain't doing anything. Open your eyes and see. I'm just sitting here next to you. But we're... we're moving. Moving? Moving? Rosie, look! Charlie, where are we? Rosie, dear, we're on the lake. <gasps> oh, the rain did it. It filled the channels. Look, the rain and the wind just lifted the old queen up and carried her over the mud. We've cleared the, re the weeds, Rosie. Oh, look back there. Oh, we couldn't have been a hundred yards from it last night when we give up hope. Oh, Rosie, Rosie. Oh, let's try and build a fire if we can and get the engine started and go right out to the middle away from these reeds where we can, where we can breathe again. Sure, sweetheart, sure. We'll be out of here in a jiffy. Oh, this air. Oh, Charlie's wonderful. And wait till this mist clears away. You see, the lake's as big as an ocean. And we're on it, Rosie. Oh, just to breathe again. Yeah, it's like... Like... I know you don't approve, but it's like a shot of gin. Makes your blood race and your spirit soar. Oh, I'm sorry I poured out all that gin, Charlie. Oh, forget it, Rosie. And just to show you there's no hard feelings, I'll make you another cup of... What? What, Charlie? Rosie. There, to starboard. That's the Imperial German Navy. That's the Louisa. She's coming towards us, Charlie. we got to make a run for it. Back to the weeds. Take her around while I stoke the boiler. Yesterday, those weeds were our death. And, Charlie, today they're our salvation. Oh, I was so sure they'd seen us. Look at the size of her, Rosie. See her guns? Why did they stop at that little island, Charlie? Well, likely it's just routine or maybe just checking what the storm tore up. They'll be back again. You know how them Germans are. Methodical, yes. Yeah, that's them, all right. They lays down systems and they stick to them. Mondays, they're one place, Tuesday, someplace else, and Wednesday, they'll be back here. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I know what you're thinking, Rosie. You're thinking of the next time the Louisa comes back here, aren't you, old girl? How long will it take, Charlie, to get the torpedoes ready? Depends on the detonators. Well, I... I gotta rig up something. We'll manage it, Rosie. We'll manage it. Well, there they are, Rosie. Them's the detonators. Oh, Charlie, you're oh, what's wonderful. What's more, I think they'll work. Now, what about the cylinders? Well, with you helping, I'll lash them on each side of our bow. Only we can't set the detonators on until we're ready to set out. You see, they're kind of tricky, Rosie. We'll be working at night, Charlie. Can you do it in the dark? That's the case I have to. And you're, you're sure they'll come back with the Louisa? Well, let me see. Figuring both her speed and the size of this lake, my guess is she'll be back here tomorrow afternoon. And when she comes, we'll be ready. Tomorrow afternoon. Charlie... Let's make the queen as clean as we can. Let's scrub her decks and polish her brass. <laughs> she ought to look her best, uh, representing as she does the Royal Navy. <sighs> I think I even got a flag around somewhere. Charlie! I will sail out of these reeds proud as a dreadnought. Rosie. Yes, Charlie? Uh, now, there ain't no use of both of us doing it. As you can plainly see, it's a, it's a one-man job. Oh, you couldn't be more right, Charlie, dear. Now, Rosie, I'm glad you agree. 
When the time comes, I'll put you off here on the East Shore. You'll wait for me while I attend to the Louisa. Well, certainly not. You're the one to put ashore. This whole thing was my idea, wasn't it? I'm the logical one to carry it out. Uh, Rosie, I'm surprised at you. You're a very sensible woman as a rule. Well, with two torpedoes hanging off our bow, she'll steer entirely different, let alone being half swamped. Didn't I steer us down the rapids? Well, I suppose she broke down out there. Wouldn't you look foolish? But me? She knows who her boss is, you bet that old engine does. Well, I suppose you're right. <laughs> now, that's settled. Oh, no, no. I only meant it may be necessary for you to come along. Come along? Oh, no, you don't. You'll wait for me on the East Shore. Who do you think you are, ordering me about? I'm the captain, that's who. And I ain't taking you along. You'd only be in my way. I suppose I was in your way, going down the rapids. Then what you said to me back there on the river was a lie. How you never could have done it alone. And how you'd lost your, lost your heart and, and everything. And Oh, you liar! Oh, Charlie. Charlie, we're, we're having our first quarrel. <laughs> oh, Rosie. It's just that I... I can't bear the thought of you. Well... Supposing that anything should happen, not that anything will. Don't you understand, Charlie? I, I wouldn't want to go on without you. Oh, Rosie. All right. It'll be you at the tiller and me at the engine, just like it was from the start. I knew you'd see it, Charlie, dear. Thank you. <laughs> There she is, Rosie. That's the Louisa, right on time. There's no smoke from her stacks. Oh, the wind, sweetheart. It's blowing the smoke fast as it comes out. I don't like this wind. Yeah, me neither, Rosie. It's going to storm. But if it storms tonight, there'll be less chance of them seeing us. Maybe a storm would be a blessing, Charlie. That's the way to look at it, Rosie, old girl. And I'll let you and me get them started on them any time, Rosie. Something's wrong. I can't steer, Charlie. We're taking too much water in the bow. It's them torpedoes weighing us down. Charlie, look. Those waves. Hang on, Rosie. Charlie, the torpedoes. They're torn loose. It's worse than that. We're sinking, Rosie. The tiller's gone. Something broke. Everything's broke. Grab the preserver, Rosie, and then jump. Charlie. Charlie. Rosie. <laughs> You, I will remind you just once more, you are a prisoner aboard the steamship Louisa of His Imperial Majesty's Navy. Yeah, yeah, I know. You will tell us the truth. Now, what is your nationality? French, Belgian, British? Yeah. Yes, what? Uh, uh, British. What were you doing in these waters? Uh, uh fishing. Yeah, <laughs> fishing off the island. You're a spy for the British. Well, do you deny this? I... I told you I was fishing. That's just a gesamte Beweismaterial, der Anklage, Herr Kapitän. Fahren Sie fort mit der Verteidigung. Obviously, you're lying, but it does not matter. This court will sentence you to be hanged. Oh, scheint weiß zu sein. You, there was a woman with you. Rosie! You will answer my question. Bring the new Frau here. Rosie! Charlie! Who is this woman? I don't know. You called her by name. I thought she was somebody else. Charlie! Who are you? Miss Rose Sayre. What were you doing on the lake? I ain't told them nothing, Rose. Science! What were you doing on the lake? We were boating. 
as your fellow prisoner is about to learn, the penalty for lying to us is death. Charlie. Very well, then. We came here to... Rosie, no. ...to sink this ship. Charlie, dear, at least let's have the pleasure of telling them. I don't you believe her, Your Honor. She's touched, you know. Fever. And just how, Fräulein, did you propose to sink the König and Louisa? Why, with torpedoes. Torpedoes? <laughs> yes, Mr. Allnut made them. Made them? Amazing. Charlie, tell them how you made the torpedoes. <laughs> well, you, you see, what I did was I, I took the heads off uh, two cylinders of oxygen, I filled them up with live explosives, about 200 weight. Now, that was easy enough, but it was the detonators took some doing. And you know what I used? cartridges and nails and blocks of soft wood. Go on, please. <laughs> then I took the two cylinders and hung them port and starboard in the bow of the African Queen, so as when we rammed you, poof! And where is the African Queen? She sank last night in the storm. Too bad. I should like to have seen those torpedoes. Perhaps you will. They'll still be floating around somewhere nearby. Yeah, they could still sink this ship, Rosie. Enough of this torpedo nonsense. Es ist ganz klar, dass die beiden Spione sind. Ich schlage vor, wir geben ihnen fünf Minuten Frist, diese Lügen zurückzuziehen. You have five minutes in which to reconsider. Tell us the truth, or you will both be hanged. We've told the truth, haven't we, Charlie? Yeah. And we, uh, we got a favor to ask, Your Honor. Well? Well, uh, uh, you're the captain, I guess. I am. Well, uh, uh, then you could marry us. Oh, Charlie. What a lovely idea. What kind of craziness is this? Come on, Captain. It won't even take five minutes. And it'll mean such a lot to the lady. If you wish it. Absolutely. Very well. Uh, what are the names again? Charles. Rosie. Oh. Uh, Rose. That is then a Bible off them bread hinter them schreibtisch. Yeah, Herr Lieutenant. Ich sehe sie. Bring sie her. Charlie, look. A Bible. Look at me, both of you. Do you, Charles, take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? Yes, sir. Do you, Rose, take this man to be your lawful wedded husband? I do. Then by the authority vested in me by his imperial majesty, Kaiser Wilhelm II, I pronounce you are man and wife. Proceed with the execution. Ab mit den beiden Gefangenen nach Achtern und los mit der Hinrichtung! Charlie, my husband. Rosie, Rosie. You will follow me now. At once. Charlie, the torpedoes. I guess we did, Rosie. The wreckage of the African Queen, that did it. They ran the Louisa right into it. How do you feel, Mr. Allnut? Pretty good for an old married man. I'm all turned around, Charlie. Which way is the east shore? The way we're swimming, old girl. There was a bold fisherman set sail from off Pimlico to catch the, the bold, bold piggy, piggy and the and gay, gay macaroon. And that was Humphrey Bogart and Greer Garson in the 
African queen. Beautiful stuff. Just time to quickly find out who the hell that Hollywood legend was. Well, if you're here for a motion picture, there has been a great deal of publicity about a very beautiful lady from across the seas that is here to make appearances for what I understand is a pri an award-winning picture called Two Women. Do you have anything to do with that particular picture? Yes. Right. Well, my deepest congratulations to a beautiful actress, Sophia Loren. Right. Yes, it was the splendid Miss Sophia Loren. Still going, still hard at it. And if the rumours are true, about to be nominated for another Oscar, fingers crossed. Before I leave, don't forget that if you aren't yet, sign up now at patreon.com slash attaboysecrets. So many bonus shows there for you now if you want more of these. Also a weekly film club every Sunday night, movie included. Plus the classic movie pub quiz coming soon. Plus patrons are the first to hear the new secret history episodes. Carrie Part 2 is coming soon. Plus you get blueprints episodes every other week. Tons more. Simply go to patreon.com slash attaboysecrets or follow the link in the show notes of this episode. Thank you. That's all from me for now. Thank you for joining me. Take super care of yourselves and those you love. And until next time, bye for now. If you'd like to support this show, you can do so by going to www.attaboyclarence.com and clicking on the Patreon banner. Pledges start from as little as $1 a month, and in return you'll receive exclusive emails, bonus episodes, previews, and e-books. And every dollar pledged goes towards making these shows better and more frequent. Go to www.attaboyclarence.com or click the link in the show notes now to become a patron. Thank you. As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.